0: It's now 22 minutes to two. Uh, She's going to be off to Italy this afternoon. So it is really a pleasure to have this activist, this photographer, uh, a force, in fact, within uh, the LGBTI community. As an activist, Zanilla Moholi, over the years, has documented the journey of uh, different lesbian women. Uh, She's followed up with them uh, and tracked their lives over many years. In fact, she published a, a, a book, a beautiful book, in fact, of black and white images of some of the faces, some of the moments that she has uh, uh, witnessed over the years. It's called Faces and uh, and Phases. But now she has an exhibition that uh, is currently on. It's going to be on into December. We'll give you the details a little bit later on. It's called Somnyama uh, Ngonyama. And it is the latest works from Zanele Moholi. Good afternoon, Zanele. Good afternoon, Nazania. I don't even think I can properly articulate the importance of the work That you do not just in the images that you capture, but the voice that you've added into the public discourse about our treatment of uh, LGBTI now with the Q question, the community um, and our ideas and fears, the, the hard work that
1: you've put in place to try and do away with some of those. Um, I'm still on on, on on them. I'm still uh, proceeding with my uh, original project. It's just at the time I decided to take a look at me yes. co- as a member of the LGBTI community. Uh, it's one thing to always focus on on the members of the community. We don't want to remember who we are. So in that way, Somnyama Ngonyama came out or came about at the time where I needed to reflect on my own personal issues and my own personal experiences and also on different events that are taking place in our communities and surroundings. And one of them, like at this current moment, it's ongoing racism. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, as artists, as visual activists, as photographers, sometimes we need to turn the the Mm lens the other way around and and question in order to come up with answers or maybe to create a new dialogue in which people could rethink of what's going on yes so somya mangonyama it's 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 a personal journey of course in which i turn my own body into a subject of art you know like and
0: how (laughs) was that turning the camera on yourself because i think lots of us struggle with hearing our own voice you know, a recording of yourself speaking. There are people who have incredible difficulty with taking photographs of themselves. Um, Whether, yes, now we have the selfie craze and I suspect more people are more comfortable with that. But just seeing and having images of themselves
1: taken where were you on the scale were you always comfortable um not most of the time it's never like an easy thing to do selfies are basically about self-representation it's 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 people trying to self-reflect and i guess for self-consciousness and obviously there are images that you don't like and images that you like so with somiyama I just thought to myself whether I like how I look that morning and I had to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I really had to do it. There were unsettling moments because it's it's ongoing. I'm supposed to be working on it like today. I woke up late and I missed today. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to be done every day for 365 days in which I reclaim my blackness. I reclaim my my personhood in a way and also inviting other people who care about themselves, you know, um, to look at themselves and mm. and document their movements and their surroundings.
0: So let's talk about that discomfort then. What are we fearing we'll confront when we do self-portraits or behold images of ourselves? Is it, it, there, Are there things that we know will emerge, will arise out of that interrogation.
1: The the first thing, when you you take self-portraits, because it's one thing to have the portrait of the self being documented or captured by the next person. And it's one thing when you turn the camera and look at yourself. There's Mm. a lot that you don't like. And one of them being you always wonder what the other people will think of you. But then they always say that you need to love yourself before expecting others to love you. Um, so it's that kind of space where I was like looking, and I thought there are many images that annoy me, but also at the same time, looking at me in that way, I wanted people to question. That's what we do as activists: question, come up with solutions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, there were moments where I just wish I did not do it. <laughs> And also being far away from home, because these images are taken in various places. You know, I've worked. Uh, I woke up in some motel in Amsterdam, and I documented. And I wanted to question those moments in history that connect us with those particular countries. You know, the Dutch and South Africa, and then there are images that I took in in, in the UK. Also, there are the historical connections between uh, the Brits and us as 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 as, as a country. Mm-hmm. And there were also other situations when I took that particular image, remembering an event in history. And one of them was the case of the, the young kids that mimic Sarah Bartman from UP. Mm-hmm. And that's one, uh, 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 one of the articles that I read that really made me want to respond differently as an artist. And, I, I, and there was no way that I would have exposed another body to come up with an image that spoke to that specifically. Mm -hmm. So that racism case really irritated me. Mm -hmm. So I've since uh, responded through my own visual in order to speak to that particular event and also to educate others who may try to repeat the same mistake of the recent past.
0: So apart from the portraits uh, that have been taken for
1: this uh, exhibition, do you have a favourite image of yourself? Um, There are four signature shots. And one of them, I named it after my mother of women and work. And most of the images that I've produced, they look at uh, material and looking at the black body as a material. Mm-hmm. So I, I work a lot with pieces of material that we use on daily basis from pegs to cord, you know, the extension cord yes. to washing machine tube. That we see. Yes, the choice of materials was quite interesting. <laughs> And mm. so on and so on. I just want uh, people to rethink and relook at material, how important it is to us um, as we work or as we function uh, and do whatever that we do on a daily basis. So there's one signature shot of me um, looking like my mom when she was young. She's late, mm-hmm. though she passed mm-hmm. in 2009. And I thought that I needed to create an image that will pay homage to a woman that I loved, mm-hmm. as um, her flesh, basically. And without her, there won't be this conversation. So I needed to create this image. I guess I could say a rene- reenacted scene of a working woman mm-hmm. and who was a domestic work. And thinking of the pieces of uh, uh, items that she used, it could either be her washing, and then she needed the clothespins, which obviously will be clipped in her mm-hmm. uh, her shirt or something but then I used the pegs
0: around, around the hair, the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as a kid, you only had one image of yourself taken.
1: Um, there, there are many images that I had taken uh, as a teenager, of which I don't even remember who the photographers were. Yeah. And there's one um, ugly image where I'm looking like a boy in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> when I was six. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 I like the image now because I'm older and I understand that being dark-skinned doesn't mean you're ugly. And um, also learning or have had, you know, I've learned to accept that some situations you can't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those uh, poor background situations that I had to deal with. And when I look at that image, I'm like, wow, there was me, and I can't change it for anything. Yes, but
0: speaking of that, there are some images where you you, you darkened and exaggerated uh, the darkness of your complexion. Why was that important?
1: Okay, there's no darkened skin, or there's no paint use. Mm-hmm. We just increase the contrast. Yes, instead of going too light like how you, the people who are light-skinned, maybe when fixing the images, you go like highlights mm-hmm. because you attract a certain kind of audience. Here, I just go left mm-hmm. instead of right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's no polish or any preservatives used to darken the skin as such. You know, mm-hmm. I'm already black. So therefore, I cannot make myself even look darker than anything else. So in that way, I just wanted to, to showcase that, you know, some people, when they play with race, or oh, they think it's funny to play black faces. With us, this is who we are, 24/7, 365, etc. I didn't have to duck in my face. I just like we just increased the contrast after the images were mm-hmm. taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
0: So the, we are in 16 days of activism, um, a crucial point where we need to have those conversations happen, keeping this effort. Alive in our consciousness as a country. And we know that for many lesbian women, this is an ongoing fear that there will be reprisals from people who disagree with how you self-identify. Update me really on some of the work that you've
1: been doing in this space and your impressions on whether we are making progress. Um, in terms of progress, uh like at 16 days of activism, which is meant to be 365 days of activism, we shouldn't be limited to only 16 days because mm-hmm. violence takes place daily. Yeah, in this country and other countries. And also for people backing to differ, I think that they still like a need for uh, workshops in different places to sensitize the workers at schools, et etc. et cetera. Mm-hmm. The work that I've been doing... Um, I've done the black hearts, we hold the black hats. we march the street of Jobeck, we denounce, all that kind. So now I've just decided to move on and use visuals as a way in which I denounce or challenge all the phobias from xenophobia to queerphobia, lesbophobia, transphobia and, and the like. And I, I just thought to myself that we need to find a different kind of... Uh, method of conscientizing people in different spaces so Mm -hmm. I've been using visuals to speak on all the unjust situations that most people find themselves in And why do you think there is such a fear uh, uh,
0: uh, a fear of queerness, what is it driven
1: by? Um the fear of phobia for LGBTI people, I think it's, it's, it's unnecessary, misinformed ideas in which people need to be educated. Mm-hmm. And it's a pity that most people won't unlearn what they were fed when they were, when they were younger. And now to expect like adults to change their attitude will take some time. You know, because people grew up maybe in households where they were told that this is not happening, and this lifestyle, instead of looking at our lives and respect and recognizing our existence in different spaces, is is real. So it becomes a problem. Recently, one of the. A uh, KZN media reported on one of the church leaders who said the drought is caused by same-sex marriages. That was last week here in this country, and it's kind of like a drawback, you know, at the height of many things, especially ongoing hate crimes in South Africa. And you think that a person of high power, you know, a public figure, with that statement, could trigger. And let the homophobes and also the perpetrators to perpetuate more violence. And you think to yourself, if only these people were to understand that we are your children, we are your sisters, we are your brothers, we are your colleagues. And therefore, we need to work together then for people to be focused on people's sexualities or genders, etc. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I guess that it's intergenerational. We need these ongoing intergenerational conversations because as we speak now, somebody's born might turn out to be uh, lesbian, gay, or trans. And it means that the generation that grows up with that young person or with that infant need to be further educated. It can be only on 16 days or during 16 days of activism because when that uh, child is born or grows up in whatever communities, maybe this is before she's even or he's even aware of 16 days of activism. And if the parents are, you know, not into the 16 days of activism, the kid will be displaced and also be bullied at school, and also be bullied even at churches simply because of difference. Mm. So there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of work.
0: I'm chatting to activist and a photographer Zanele Moholi, who through her work has really challenged our perceptions about uh, um, about the LGBTI community, what needs to be done in our society to ensure that uh, we accept and we resist a fear of people in this community. So it's been beautiful to behold over the years. And you're welcome to also give us a call on 11 883 0702. You uh, might have seen her latest exhibition, which is currently on. It's called Somnyama Ngonyama. Or you might have seen some of her previous work, Faces and Phases, no- more notably being uh, this um Publication, which is quite voluminous, I must say, the body of work of the faces and moments that she has captured over the years between uh, lesbians, particularly. So you're welcome to get in on the conversation. You can tweet it's at Azania underscore. Give us a call on 011-883-0702 and um, three one seven zero two for your SMSs. We could even talk about self-portraiture because I was quite amused to see her process, her process in how she 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 gets to the point of readiness it's like a foreplay it's like a dance that has to happen before she actually captures those images that readiness mentally that has to happen uh, knowing that you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable you're allowing yourself to to share about yourself in front of of that camera so what do those rituals entail do you have a process do you have a point when you realize
1: the time has come this is it everything is perfect we're warmed up enough <laughs> <laughs> it differs from time to time i spend a lot of time with with loretto of which most of the the work has uh, been captured during our travels you know from syracuse new york blah 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 blah. so i wake up thinking to myself i gotta do something so it's more like work you're nine to five maybe or whatever period you spend at work mm. so i treat this as work you mm. know so there's never like any perfect moment because then i For each and every image I have to think of a situation Yes, it's a confluence of different things And have conversations with me By the time I finish that image, I feel much better Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've done something Yeah, but before, the beginning is never nice
0: (laughs) Anxiety that accompanies Put your headphones on, Zanele And we are taking calls Let's go to Nikki calling from uh, Parktown Good afternoon, Nikki Good afternoon. Thank you so much for
1: taking my call. Um, I just wanted to comment on trying to create awareness around these issues. And um, I'm an Allo teacher, and I really, really believe that it needs to be um, And it's sort of like that saying that you shouldn't have to fix broken men, but instead, you know, try and prevent our children from growing up in homophobic educational institutions mm-hmm. and be exposed to these ideas from a really young age at an age in which they are a lot more accepting and a lot more tolerant mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having to then fix mm-hmm. um, the homophobia at a later stage. So, you know, it would be amazing to see um, someone like Zanelli coming into schools and doing school talks and um, creating those kinds of campaigns
0: in those particular spaces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you do any of that kind of work? Thank you so much, Nikki. Do you want to listen to a response on the radio? Um, yes, I do. Sure. Uh, so do you do work that is uh, targeted at those early interventions?
1: Um, oh, we haven't done much yet. But then we've done a lot of educational presentations at universities abroad. We've done more than uh, five or six talks this year only. Um, here in South Africa, it will depend on whether a person is invited to do so because mm-hmm. you can't just batch in without an invitation. So um, one will be open to do that, obviously. But besides doing that kind of conscious raising, um, we, we teach young girls and women, basic photographic skills in which people are allowed to express themselves in different ways without limiting people yes. on different uh, topics. Yeah. You know,
0: I was uh, chatting to Nakane Ture recently about his book. And um, one of the things that he did through his music was have music videos that also allow us to have the normalization mm-hmm. of and getting used to and, 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 and being accepting of the tender moments, the touch between same-sex people. Mm -hmm. So in one of his videos, of course, uh, you you see much of this interaction taking place. So it is, visually it is powerful. It is important that we start to be, not confronted as such, but we start to see and consume images Mm -hmm. that normalize.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, I'm glad that he did that. Surely it's one of the first moves that artists could risk their brand and their work. And uh, Toya Delezi did a music video Mm -hmm. uh, that came out last year as well, which kind of like educated a lot of people. If people want to be educated around those issues, obviously they will consume and accept in a way and also make sure that they distribute further for people to have a different kind of understanding. I really, really appreciate it (coughs) when artists do the same because one cannot do this awareness alone.
0: Absolutely. You know, the
1: more we come into you know, we come up front and deal with it, the better. Because mm-hmm. a lot of different individuals in different places could get the grip. Absolutely.
0: So this exhibition is currently on. Give us the details because it runs into uh,
1: December and you're taking it to Italy. Um, the exhibition opened on the 19th of November mm-hmm. at Stevenson Gallery, number 62, Jutta Street in Bramfontein. Yes. And it's on until the 19th of December and reopens again uh, <coughs> in June until the 29th of January. So it's on until 2016, January 29. And then in January again. And in January again. And the exhibition uh, opened, it's opened for the first time in New York on the 23rd of October. Mm-hmm. And then now we're moving to Italy in Sardinia, where it will be shown for the first time there.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. travel well. I know you're headed to the airport right now. <laughs> you have to be there. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, as always. Thank you. And keep doing the great work.